0: It's so great to be back with the, with the Browns, and we'll be staying with the Ottenwellers, which is always fun, and to spend time with the Hickmans, and to be at this incredible service. Thank you, Katie, for an incredible performance. Amazing. Uh, since we were last here, um, my nephew was baptized into Christ, which is very encouraging, and uh, my boy turned 21 years old. Uh, so I guess that means I'm getting older as well. Uh, But it's so great to be in the United States around this time, because it's Christmas time. And um, if you don't know me, my name is Sean Wooden, and I uh, went on a mission team um, 25 years ago to the former Soviet Union. Uh, So I've been living in Russia and in the Ukraine uh, for the last 25 years. And, uh, you know, they just passed a law for the first time since communism that they now declare the 25th of December an official holiday of Christmas. So that's very encouraging. There is progress being made in my part of the world, amen? (laughs) Um, But, you know, God has done a lot of things uh, since the fall of communism. Uh, There's thousands of Christians spread out all over that part of the world. And uh, just a big thank you to all the prayers and sacrifice with special missions and all the impact you've had to change people's lives around the world, amen? Um, But let's jump into our uh, short little lesson. Merry Christmas. Um, it's just a week away. Now, I don't know about you if you've gotten your, your present stuff figured out. Have you bought your gifts? Are you, all, are you on top of those things? Okay, neither am I. Um, so, you know, when you buy a Christmas present for that special person, you always, you always try and think, so what do I get them? What, what can I buy that would convey how much I love them and how important they are to me? And, you know, depending on who the person is, you kind of know what to give them, right? Like if there's people who are really smart and like to read, you don't get their present at Home Depot, you get it at Barnes and Nobles. Um, if you've got a guy who doesn't know how to dial his phone and doesn't understand what all these gadgets are, you don't go to Best Buy for their present. You go somewhere else, right? According to what you get, it kind of says something about what you know about them. Now Christmas, is, of course, is Jesus' birthday. Uh, So, obviously, when we think about giving gifts to that person who's most special to us around Christmas time, obviously Jesus is the most special person to each one of us, right? So, if we think about what gifts we could give to Christ, sometimes you think, so what would be important to Christ? What would He want from us? What can we give Him for Christmas? You know, there was a couple wise people in the Bible who actually figured this out. I think it would be great for us just to take a look at the gifts that they gave to Christ because I think it shows us what's most important to Christ and how also we can give to Christ. Amen? Look at Matthew chapter 2. Can I raise this up? can, and I'm sorry, your mic's not working very well. Oh, it's not? Did you guys hear anything I said for the last 20 minutes? I mean, you're just so encouraging. You're smiling. You're like, yeah. Are they going to turn on this mic? <laughs> okay, so should I take this off? or? Yes. Okay, I'll just stay here. I won't move. Matthew 2, verse 10 through 12. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of mir. Okay, there were three types of gifts that were given. It didn't just say that they gave him gifts. They actually said what the gifts were. And these gifts, you know, they're very symbolic of who Christ is. You know, when they give gold, now gold was like a gift you would give a king. See, these wise men had figured out that Jesus came to the earth to be a king. Amen? Amen? Now, as Christians, we do not live in this world. This is not our home. We actually live in another world. It's called the kingdom of God. Amen? So we live in the kingdom. And the kingdom lives by different rules than the world that we live in lives by. And you know, if you want to, the the church is like the embassy. It's like the place you go to get your visa if you want to travel on to heaven, amen? This is the place where where you understand what heaven is like. Walking into this building, I feel like I'm walking into a piece of heaven. I don't know how you feel, but when I come to church, I feel so encouraged and inspired. Um, But we have a kingdom And what's implied if we live in a kingdom is that there's a king in the kingdom, amen? If you don't recognize Christ as your king, you cannot be a part of his kingdom. Now, if you have a king, then there's the understanding that you would obey or submit to your king and his desire for our lives, amen? And we know this. We even say this before we become Christians. We would say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is our king. I will submit to Christ, and when we make that decision, we get ushered into his kingdom. Look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. 1 John, 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. This is love for God. We all want to love God, amen? I appreciate you guys getting up this early. Now, I actually got up a lot earlier because of the jet lag. So, I, you know, this is like midday for me. I'm fired up. Um, but you got up early this morning. Why? Because you love God. You come here because you love God. You, you sacrifice because you love God. These incredible people have led us in worship using their gifts because they love God. Amen? But what is love for God? This is love for God to obey his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. Amen? You know, sometimes we think obedience is for the younger Christians, and as we get older, we we don't really talk about obedience. We're kind of we're mature. You know, obedience isn't just for young Christians. Obedience is for all Christians. The amount of years I am in Christ does not make me mature. The level of my obedience makes me mature. You know, lack of obedience to God's will is just obeying Satan's desires for our life. Let's always obey Christ. You know, some of the greatest miracles come right on the tail of obedience, Peter's tired. He doesn't want to fish. It doesn't make any sense to fish during the day, but he just obeys. And what happens? A miracle happens. You know, a couple stories I wanted to share quickly that were just obedience. There was a sister in our church. Her name's Lena, and she's married to her husband, Yura. But Lena made a decision. You know what, Lord? I want to share my faith with somebody every day. I want to share about Christ and salvation with somebody every day. I won't go to bed until I've shared with somebody about Christ Now, a night came around, and it was 11 o'clock at night. She was eight months pregnant, and it was freezing outside. And she realized she didn't actually share with anybody about Christ. And she said, you know what? I think this may be the night God actually uses me. She gets dressed, and she goes outside at 11 o'clock at night. Now, at 11 o'clock at night in the streets of Kiev, you don't find a whole lot of women walking around. Actually, you find the men walking so-so. Um... So she prayed, help me find a woman, and there was a woman walking, and she went over to the woman and invited her on a street at 11 o'clock at night in Kiev, and she's eight months pregnant, and invites this woman to church. And she says, wow, thank you for the invitation. Actually, I'm getting baptized tomorrow. And our sister was like, wow, that, that's great. She said, yeah, tomorrow, I, I've, already, I've already knitted together my white clothes. She said, wow, that, that's incredible. And they were chatting a little bit, and she said, well, how about, and our sister said, well, how about we meet tomorrow morning? And and read the Bible and pray together before your baptism. And she said, oh, that's a great idea. So they met together the next morning, literally seven hours later, and for their quiet time, for reading the Bible, she just read all the verses that talk about what a Christian is, what a disciple is. And after reading about eight of those verses, this woman turns to her and says, are you trying to tell me I'm not a Christian? She says, no, I'm not telling you anything. We're just reading the Bible. What do you think the Bible's telling you? She said, well, I think the Bible's telling me and I'm not a Christian. She's like, okay. Well, what do you want to do? She said, well, I think I should probably study the Bible. She's like, okay. So I got my baptism in an hour. What should I do? Well, maybe delay it a little bit. So she said, okay, I'll delay my baptisms for a week or so. And they started studying the Bible every day. And she decided to become a Christian according to the Bible, amen? So she studied the Bible and she got baptized literally seven days later in the river in Kiev, amen? So now this is what happens. Her husband comes, but her husband doesn't like anything about the church, doesn't, he's, or, you know, he's just atheistic and doesn't believe in anything. And she's walking, uh, she was walking home and our brother and sister walked her home. And when they got to the home at about four o'clock in the afternoon, the husband unfortunately was drunk and often the husband was drunk and just started verbally abusing her, our sister, our new young sister. And our brother who was walking her with his wife, took him and he's about twice as tall as our brother. And he says, you need to sit down. I need to talk to you. And he sits down and he said, how can you talk to your wife that way? She loves you and takes care of your kids and your family. How can you be already drunk at four o'clock in the afternoon? It's time for you to repent and become a Christian. I'll be back here tomorrow morning at nine o'clock in the morning when you're sober and we're gonna study the Bible. And he's sitting there on the couch. He's like, okay, okay, okay. He studied the Bible, and like two weeks later, he became a Christian, amen? And now their daughter is in our school of missions and training in the full-time ministry. God is amazing, amen? But it starts with that obedience, that little step of obedience. We had a, a conference amongst all the Asian countries in the former Soviet Union, the stands. And there was they rented a bus to go, but it turned out to be more women and children and visitors that wanted to go, so six of the brothers, there was no space for six brothers on the bus. And it's like a two-day drive to this place. So our brothers said, okay, if there's not enough space, we'll walk. And six of the brothers decided to walk from one country to another. It took them six days to walk to the conference. When they showed up at the conference, everyone was blown away that they didn't just skip the conference because there was no space for them. When asked, why did you come this far? And I mean through mountains and treacherous areas at times to get to to the conference for all the Asian churches. And his answer was, how could I not come? Jesus died on a cross for me. Why would I miss this event? And they walked. And then after the conference was over, they walked home. Amen, church? You know, we just had a a conversion last month in Tirana, Albania, where there was a whole family that had been going to church for years. And unfortunately, the mother and the father decided to stop coming to church. But they had a 12-year-old boy who loved the church already. They lived about two hours outside of Tirana, Albania. And when the parents decided no longer to come, the little boy said, I still want to go. So he would take buses and trains and walk and it would take him two hours every Sunday to get to church and two hours to get home and he would go all alone because he didn't wanna miss church. For two years straight, that little boy never ever missed a church service and he was just baptized a month ago as a 14 year old teen in the Albania church, amen? The first gift we bring Christ this Christmas time is gold because we recognize he's our king. Amen church. The other gift that was given was incense. You know, and that's that's really representing that Jesus is our priest. He's our high priest. He's the one that intercedes for us so that we can have a relationship with God. Colossians chapter 1 verse 19 through 20. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Jesus came to restore our relationship with God. Can you imagine we can walk in the presence of God? Me and you can talk to Christ and God anytime we want. Amen, church? That's because Christ is our priest. He's interceded. You know, priests... Their whole function was to know God really well and to know people really well and help people to understand God. Now, when you understand God really well and you don't understand people really well, you can come across religious and actually push people away. But if you really focus too much on people and you try and figure out people and how people work, but you don't really think enough about God, then you don't actually tell them what God's thinking about them. You just try and comfort them and encourage them along. So that's kind of where I err at times is trying to be a priest. I can either be a little too religious or I can be a little too not enough godly. But Jesus was the high priest. He totally knew God. He was God. And he totally knew man. He was man. So he's perfect to intercede for us and to restore our relationship with God. Amen? Now, do you have your Christmas tree up yet? You do. Is it a, is it a live one or is it a... a plastic one Who's got a live one Okay excellent I always personally like the live ones better You know cuz when you bring it into the house which is lots of fun you bring it in and you put those screws things and you pour some water in there It just smells like Christmas in your home right And then you start to put all the toys on it and that's so much fun and everyone's singing it's so happy time And then you know Christmas comes and then New Year's and in my house you know February rolls around and then there's March and the tree's still there, it's, it's awesome, you know? April, and when you get to May, you're thinking, could it make it to next December? Can I pull that off, do you think? And then you think, okay, finally, you know, my wife actually gets me to get the thing out of the house. Now, when I take it out of the house, it's very interesting, because when I brought it into the house, it's kind of bumping through the kitchen and all this stuff, and you put it in there, and there's no needles anywhere. But when you take it out, there's needles everywhere. But wait a minute, that tree looks exactly the same as it did when I brought it in. What changed? Well, what changed is that when we brought it in, the roots were just, just deep in the soil. It was drinking in the nutrients. It was deep. It was, it was in the soil. It was being fed. And you can bump into it and you can hang things on it. And it's still green and it's strong and it loses Nothing. But after being four months not in the soil but just some water here and there and a little water here and there and just, you know, just on the surface kind of a little stuff of the water, when you try that, pull that out, the needles are like they're flying all over the place. I think this represents my Christianity at times. When I'm deep in Christ, I'm strong, I'm green, I smell good. You can put toys on me. You can bump into me. My needles aren't flying. Everything's in place. People, I I can be an example for people. But then there's also me at times where I look good, but I'm not deep in Christ. I'm not in his word. I'm not strong in my relationship with Christ. And when you bump into me, my needles fly. Sometimes I even look at myself, what's wrong? Why am I feeling so flat? What is this? But I can still look good, but it's, gosh, what's, what's going on? It's because my roots aren't in Christ. Amen, church? This Christmas season, let's give our best to our relationship with God. Jesus went through hours on a cross to reconcile our relationship with God so that we could be with him for eternity. Amen, church? I'm so thankful for all the ways I know Tom prays for me and so many of the people in our church. He's such a prayer warder. I so appreciate his prayers for my family. I appreciate your guys' prayers for our family. We're praying for you all the time as well. I'm so proud of my wife. She has a list of 300 people she's been praying for every day for a year and a half. And this year, 15 of them became Christians and were restored of the people she's been praying for. Amen? I just want to encourage us, keep lifting up your prayers to God, and let's be close to God. Amen? And finally, the third present was mir. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. I'm not sure anything I'm pronouncing these days is right. (laughs) Every other word in my head right now is Russian, so I'm not sure what's coming out. Mir. Mir is an interesting gift because it's not something you would give at a baby shower. It's actually something you bring to somebody who just had somebody pass away. It's a gift for a funeral because it's what you would use to um, like conserve the, like to, to keep the body. You know, it's interesting that the wise men would know to bring something for a death to his birth. Because the wise men understood that this man's death is what's going to bring life to all of us. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We deserve death, all of us. Even if you just had the best year of your life spiritually, you deserve death. It's what you deserve. You've earned it. You've earned your death. You've earned eternity separated from God. It's what we've earned. But the gift, that gift that God gives us through Christ is eternal life and forgiveness of all of our sins. Amen, church? You know, we're drawn to God and Christ because of their love for us. But the way we felt his love for us was through his word, but also through the love of each other in this room. People understand God's love for the first time when you love them I'm so thankful for this church this church exudes love in so many different ways these gifts to Christ that you give to him by giving to each other amen church continue to do that you know I remember when I was studying the Bible I was an atheist studying the Bible Um, I was struggling I had tons of questions but really, I didn't really want to change my sin at some points. I enjoyed my drunkenness and my immorality, and I didn't really want to repent. So there was a time when exams were coming up, and I made an excuse. I said, you know, I don't really have time to study the Bible. I'm really busy. Could you just leave me alone? Could you, like, not call me for the next few days so I can just study and focus? And, and this brother, his name was David, was like, yeah, okay, fine, yeah, I won't call you. I understand. About two hours later, someone knocks on my door. I thought, wait a minute. I didn't tell him not to come over. I just told him not to call. (laughs) And then I walk up to the door and I look through the little peephole and he's standing there. Like, oh. And, you know, once you pop up to the peephole, he knows you're home. So, like, oh, okay, I'll open the door. I open the door and he's standing there with this tray of food. Like, oh. It's like, you know, hi, what are you doing here? He's like, well, I just know you're hungry and you're studying and you got stress. I just, my wife cooks some food for you so that you'd have something to eat. I was like, oh my gosh. I'm such a wretch. I'm like the worst person ever. Come on in. (laughs) You know, I'm always game for food as a student, right? So I take the food and I come in, I sit down, I start eating and I'm totally, you know, I'm I'm very excited about having food Um, and he disappears. And like three minutes later, I look up, I realize he's not around me. I was like, you know, Damon, where are you? And, And he says, I'm here. And the voice is coming from my bedroom. I was like, uh, do you need some help in there? And he's like, no, I'm good. And he comes out with a trash bag that was like half full. I said, uh, what, what's in the trash bag? He said, it's all your dirty laundry. Let me take it home and do it for you, and then I'll bring it back. Ugh. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? I don't even have a best friend my entire life that would think to do that for me when I'm stressed with an exam he passed on a piece of God's love for me I was being mean to him and he turned around and loved me he served me he gave a piece of his life to me and it changed my life I thought this is it this is the real deal amen church you know as we come to Christmas time let's treat him as a king because he is Let's give him that gift of obedience. Let's treat him as our high priest, because he is. Let's value our walk with God. Enjoy some great time with God these next few days. Rejoice that you can walk with him and have a relationship with him. And lastly, let's keep on giving to each other. It's a funny thing, because when it's my my son's birthday, I don't give presents to my daughter. If it's Tom's birthday, I don't give presents to my neighbor. I give them to Tom, or I give them to my daughter. Christmas? It's odd that we don't just give something to Christ, we give to everybody around us. Because God is the ultimate gift giver. And Jesus has such a heart for all of us that even on his birthday, he would just want us to give to each other. But let's not just think in a material sense, let's think in a spiritual sense and really pray and serve one another through the holidays. And let's have an amazing new year, amen? Amen. Thank you so much for your prayers and the opportunity to share much love from the Ukraine. Thank you.